Welcome to Covenant's Pulpit Ministry. Covenant Evangelical Free Church believes that the Bible is the Word of God and that God's Word is vital for life-transforming Christianity. We trust that you will grow to know the Word of God and more importantly, the God of the Word as you hear this message today. May God bless you as you open your heart to His Word. Hi everyone, let me begin with the Gospel text in Mark chapter 10. We'll read from verse 46 onwards. And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 48, and many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. Would you begin with me with a word of prayer? Eternal God and Heavenly Father, thank you for the magnificent gospel, the gospel of Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. And once again, Lord, I ask, let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Open our eyes to behold wonderful truth out of your word. We thank you in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Everybody needs to know that they are loved, even blind and marginalized beggars. Once there was a blind beggar named Bartimaeus. We feel sorry for Bartimaeus. We can empathize with his plight. Have you ever felt powerless? a sense of helplessness, loneliness. These are familiar territories for blind Bartimaeus, helpless, in a dark world, alone. But hey, don't feel bad for Bartimaeus, for there was a day where everything in his life changes. It was the day he met Jesus. And as we explore the narrative of that encounter with Jesus, we find four lessons that blind beggar Bart can teach us. This instructive narrative unfolds for us in this gospel, Mark chapter 10, four important and powerful lessons to help us to cope when we feel helpless and powerless. The first lesson is the power of perceptiveness. There was nothing Bartimaeus could do. He was trapped in a world of total darkness. He was helpless. He couldn't see. It was a dark and lonely world. One day, as Bartimaeus was sitting by the side of the road, there was suddenly a bus around him. He's coming, someone said excitedly. Who? Who's coming? Jesus of Nazareth. Where? Look, there he is, another said. Bartimaeus couldn't see, but he could hear very well. The sharpened faculty of his ears picked up the air of anticipation and excitement. He could hardly believe his ears. Wow, really? Jesus of Nazareth here in Jericho is an opportunity not to be missed. Now, he may have lost the use of his eyes, but his ears have heard the good news. Jesus is here. And it was time to put his other faculty to good use, his mouth. So with a loud voice, he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. There are three important observations to be made about this perceptive cry. The first is the use of the title, 
Jesus, son of David. It not only acknowledges the royalty of Jesus from the royal line of King David, the most celebrated king of Israel, but more significantly, it's a messianic title. In other words, Bartimaeus acknowledges that Jesus is the Messiah, the one whom God sent. Yes, Bartimaeus may be blind physically, but he could see the truth spiritually. His heart was open to the truth. His heart was open to Jesus. The second thing to note, Bartimaeus did not cry out, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. But rather, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. To have pity and to have mercy are two entirely different things. Have mercy is a verbal form of the noun eleos, which is one of the most difficult terms in the Bible to translate because it expresses a unique form of mercy. It is God's divine mercy in keeping with God's divine character of God's divine attribute of His covenant faithfulness. In other words, Bartimaeus wasn't looking for human pity but for divine forgiveness and compassion and he was laying hold of the faithfulness of a covenant God. Here's the third observation. Bartimaeus perceived that God would help him. He had both faith and hope. Faith that Jesus can heal him and hope that Jesus would heal him. So he cries out with all his might, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now here's the application. At times we might feel powerless, even helpless, in the face of enormous challenges. And these challenges do come in our life at different seasons. We don't know which way to turn. We don't know how to move forward. But here's the principle I want to share with you. Often the lack of a path forward is due to a lack of perspective upward. The lack of a path forward is due to a lack of perspective upward. Learn from Bartimaeus. The first thing we must have is the power of perceptiveness to look upward, to look unto God, to know that Jesus is present and that He's willing and able to help us. Our God is not an absentee God who has gone AWOL. He's not a God who is able but not willing or willing but not able. Rather, our God is a very present help in times of need. Jesus is here with you to help you. Now, let's apply this principle to our spiritual pilgrimage and discipleship. The opposite of spiritual perceptiveness is spiritual blindness. Bartimaeus may be physically blind, but he's spiritually perceptive. There are many who can be physically able to see, but are spiritually blind. Just because one is a religious leader does not necessarily mean that one is spared from spiritual blindness. In fact, Jesus charged the religious leaders of His day with spiritual blindness. He rebukes these religious leaders and teachers with the searing words, you blind guys and Pharisees. Now get this, 
The result of spiritual blindness is hypocrisy. And the cause of spiritual blindness is pride. Hypocrisy and pride. Let's humble ourselves. Let's humble ourselves and relearn the power of perceptiveness. Don't be spiritually stubborn. Don't be spiritually proud. For it subversively compromises our spiritual receptivity and perception. We learn to humble ourselves. The second thing we learn from Bartimaeus is the power of perseverance. Now observe how the narrative unfolded. There was a helpless blind man. Jesus is nearby. Blind man calls to Jesus. Jesus heals him and they live happily ever after. Is this how the narrative unfolded? No. Life is not as simplistic as that. Life is not a fairy tale. You see, when Bartimaeus cried out, the people around him told him to shut up. And he wasn't in polite terms. Verse 48 says, And many rebuked him. Many, not a few. Many rebuked him. You see, in the ancient world, blind beggars dwell near the bottom rung of the social packing order. They have no social standing. They have no special privileges. They have no say. It's like, hey, blind fella, you're so low down the totem pole, our needs come before yours. So shut up. Yeah, shut up. Jesus wouldn't have time for the likes of you. Oh, it wasn't smooth sailing at all for Bartimaeus. But did Bartimaeus give up? No, sir. The Bible says that he cried out all the more. Here's the lesson we learn from Bartimaeus. The power of perseverance. Bartimaeus may be physically handicapped, but he's not handicapped in spirit. He knows how to deal with people who try to silence him. There were many who tried to shut him up, but he would not stay down. He would not shut up. He persists despite massive hindrances. He had gumption and persistence he cried out all the more. In other words, he not only did not give up, he cried out more urgently and louder because he was persistent. Oh, he wasn't helpless anymore. He had one mouth, he had one hope, he had one saviour passing by, one chance of a lifetime, and he gave it everything he's got. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now here's the question. What if Bartimaeus gave up after three times? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Shut up. Jesus, son of David, have shut up. Jesus, son of David, shut up. Jesus, never mind. A few years ago, my family and I were invited to a resort island in El Nido by a dear friend who's a businessman. Two other business owners joined us. We had a great time. In one of the morning mentoring sessions there, I asked these three successful men, all distinguished award-winning business owners, one of whom his business is a case study in the Harvard Business School. I asked these men, what is the most important business lesson you have gleaned in the business world? And all three spoke in turn and elaborated the same answer, perseverance. 
You see, this is crucial in life, in leadership, in ministry, in discipleship, perseverance. Last week, I talked to one of our key leaders in the city. And he was observing a spirit of vaccination among Christian leaders and pastors. There is a sense of discouragement. I, I give up or what's the use or let's just go through the motion. A, a spirit of vaccination amongst leaders, cell leaders, ministry leaders. Hey, listen, don't give up. Are you encountering setbacks? Be encouraged. Don't worry. The author Willie Jolie wrote, a setback is a setup for a comeback. So come back in encouragement. Come back with the spirit of perseverance. Don't lose heart. Don't quit. Because God has called you. God will empower you. God will strengthen you. Learn the power of perseverance. Don't quit. Find your station, keep your station, stay there and persevere in answering the calling of God. Here's the third lesson we learned from Bartimaeus. The power of priority. In verse 51, he said to Jesus, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. Oh, Bartimaeus may be physically poor, but he's rich in hope. He reached out and grabs the one sure hope, Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. He came to Jesus and when Jesus asked, what would you like me to do for you? His immediate reply was, Lord, that I will see again. He didn't come to Jesus for a chit-chat. Lord, that I will see again. His priority was clear. The priority is knowing what's important. When Jesus asked Bartimaeus, what would you like me to do for you? He did not say, Lord, would you give me some money? He did not say, Lord, would you give me some prestige or some higher social standing? No, he said, Lord, I want my sight that I would see again. We say, duh, this is obvious. What else would a blind man ask for, right? But here in application is precisely the problem today. Sometimes the obvious is not so obvious. Bartimaeus longed for his sight because he can't see. But get this, the tragedy is this. For many people, the tragic thing is that they can't see that they can't see. And so asking for a sight is not a priority. They can't see that they can't see. Priority is a value word and our core values reflect what is of importance to us. It's so important to see. One of the key things I say about leadership is that one of the chief tasks of leadership is the ability to see. One of the chief faculties of leadership is the ability to see. We cannot have the blind leading the blind, the lost leading the lost. As such, many have lost a sense of priority because they can't see that they can't see because their values have been distorted. They are in pursuit of other things rather than the desire or the ability to see spiritually, spiritual perception, spiritual receptivity. They pursue wealth rather than to cry out to Jesus, give me eyes to see. 
They pursue status rather than to cry out to Jesus, give me eyes to see. They pursue success rather than, Lord, give me eyes to see. Or they pursue promotion rather than, Lord, give me eyes to see. Or they pursue prestige rather than, Lord, give me eyes to see. Or recognition rather than, Lord, give me eyes to see. What do you pursue? There are people who are more blind than Bartimaeus. And the sad thing is when we can't see, that we can't see. That is why the prayer is so important. Lord, open my eyes that I might behold. Open my eyes that I might see. Because if we can't see, we will never be able to direct our lives towards the things that are important and live life wisely with the power principles that are activated in the lives. Here are four powerful principles. The power of perceptiveness. Second, the power of perseverance. The third, the power of priority. And the fourth, the power of purpose. In verse 52, it says, Bartimaeus recovered his sight and followed him on the way. He followed Jesus. You see, the story of Bartimaeus began by the side of the road. It began alongside para the road. It ends up him following Jesus on the road, in, on the road. The shift of the prepositions para and in, along the road and on the road, is subtle but significant. Here he was, as it were, an ordinary day in his darkness by the side of the road, but he recovered his sight and he went with Jesus on the road. Notice that the text did not say he recovered his sight and went out with his friends to celebrate. No, he recovered his sight and he followed Jesus. He followed him on the way. To where? To Jerusalem. You see, the road is a term that Mark uses in his gospel to indicate, at least in the last part of the gospel, in the journey of Christ, of his journey towards Jerusalem and towards his crucifixion. The redemptive story, the redemptive saga continues. And for Bartimaeus, he has a new purpose in life to follow Jesus even if he leads to Jerusalem towards the crucifixion of Christ at Calvary. He followed Jesus on this 15-mile walk straight into Jerusalem. Can you imagine the 15-mile walk? Can you imagine what they talked about? Can you imagine the discipleship? Can you imagine the truth and the light that flooded into Bartimaeus' soul? Bartimaeus became a disciple of Jesus. He not only came to Jesus for deliverance, he remained with Jesus in discipleship. We need that faith, not faith just to come to Jesus for deliverance, but the faith to remain with Jesus. The late Ravi Zacharias said this, I came to Jesus because I did not know which way to turn. I remain with Him because there's no other way I wish to turn. I came to Him longing for something I did not have. I remain with Him because I have something I will not trade. I came to him as a stranger. I remained with him in the most intimate of friendships. 
I came to him unsure about the future. I remained with him certain about my destiny. I came amidst the thunderous cries of a culture that has 330 million deities. I remain with him, knowing that truth cannot be all-inclusive. Would you come to Jesus today? Would you remain in Jesus, abide in Jesus, follow Jesus, be a disciple of Jesus in that discipleship? Oh, it is a tremendous day for Bartimaeus. He was excited. And Mark adds one more interesting detail. Bartimaeus was, was so excited, he tossed aside his cloak. Now, a blind beggar would ordinarily do well to keep his possessions close at hand. The cloak was significant to Bartimaeus. It was his comfort. It was his security. Oh, but Bartimaeus threw aside his cloak as he leaped up to come to Jesus. Why? Because he obviously expects a change in his status. He expected to be made whole again. He didn't need the cloak anymore. He threw it aside with great excitement. He came to Jesus. What a faith. No wonder Jesus said in verse 52, your faith has made you well. For Bartimaeus, there is no true security other than the security in Christ Jesus. So when he heard that Jesus was coming along the way, he was excited, he called out to Jesus. And then he heard the words, take courage, get up, he's calling you. But the mayor excitedly jumped up. He didn't complain, he didn't say, why is he calling me? Can't he see that I'm blind? Why is he calling me to go to him instead of him coming to me? Isn't he supposed to have compassion? No, verse 50 says, Bartimaeus threw aside his cloak. He jumped up. He came to Jesus excitedly. You see, Jesus reaches out to us, but he is waiting for us to come to him. Today, Jesus is reaching out to you. Today, Jesus is calling out to you, but He's also waiting for you and I to come to Him. Today, the same Word of God whispers to us, the same words, take courage, get up, He's calling you. Are your ears open to hear it? Take courage, get up, He's calling you. Are your eyes open to see it? Take courage, get up, He's calling you. Don't get distracted. Don't let distraction or deception rob you of your spiritual sight. According to ABC News, a man in India woke up in a strange house in February 2008 and found that he was harvested of one of his kidneys by organ nappers. 33-year-old Mohammad Salim Khan was offered construction work for about 150 rupees, about $3 a day. Subsequently, he was taken at gunpoint to an isolated house in the outskirts of Delhi. Two other laborers in the beds beside him suffered the same fate. They were later rescued and taken to a civil hospital. The MRI showed that their organs were illegally harvested, and it was found in investigation that wealthy, unsuspecting clients were waiting to pay about 30000 
$1,000 to receive the kidneys. In fact, there was a wait list of some 40 foreigners from at least five countries. Police said that the mastermind behind the scam is Dr. Amit Kumar. Mumbai police have been chasing Kumar since 1993 and he was allegedly running an illegal kidney racket there too. More than 600 people are believed to have their organs removed by the doctor, who by the way, does not have a license to perform surgery. What a sinister story. Now, in our life and earthly pilgrimage, there's an organ napper more sinister than Dr. Amit Kumar. That's the dark lord Satan himself, the prince of darkness. And he doesn't just steal kidneys, he steals eyes, spiritual eyes. He creates blindness by deception. He creates it by pride and hypocrisy and stubbornness. We got to learn from Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus might be blind, but his eyes of faith was focused on the hope. He held on to that hope. To Bartimaeus, hope had a name. Hope is a person. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And today, the Word of God whispers the same words to you. Take courage. Get up. He's calling you. Are, are you feeling powerless or helpless or massive challenges? You don't know the path forward. You don't know the way forward then look up, take courage, get up. He is calling you. You see, my friends, this is the power of the gospel. The greatest deception, the greatest blindness, the Bible tells us, is we can't see that there's a loving God who loves us and created us for His glory. We, we are His masterpiece. We are His crowning creation. But the Bible says in Genesis chapter 3 that mankind sinned against God. But God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that anyone, anyone in any condition who believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus, the Son of the living God, comes into human history, walks into Jerusalem, gave up his life on the cross to die for your sins and mine. Oh, may our eyes be open to that great and wondrous sacrifice of the Son of the living God on the cross so that by his death we may live, so that we may have eyes to see. For many of you hearing this, you are Christians. We have come to Jesus for our deliverance from sin and death. Would you by faith come to Jesus, not just for deliverance, but to follow Him in discipleship? Learn from Bartimaeus. Rise up, follow Him. Because He's the one who loved us and gave His life for us. And for some of you who have not yet made that decision of receiving the greatest invitation and responding to it, He is calling you today. He's telling you the truth. Don't, don't be blinded by pride or stubbornness. Let your heart be open to the truth of the Word of God. 
We know in our hearts we have sinned. And the Bible says we come short of the glory of God, the plan of God, the ways of God. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. There is no other name on earth or in heaven by which we are to be saved, but the name of Jesus. Belief on the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. And so today, may your eyes be open, just like Bartimaeus' eyes was, and cry out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And when we open our hearts to Jesus, to believe He died on the cross for our sins, that is a mighty deliverance, that is a mighty salvation, our life is turned around. And the Bible says God awaits for us to turn to Him, that He might save us and grant us the glorious gift of eternal life in Him. So would you open your heart this day and say to the Lord Jesus, Lord, forgive my sins. I open my heart to you. Open my eyes. Come into my life and save me. If this is your prayer, Lord, open my heart, open my eyes. Come into my life. Save me. The Bible says that by faith, you are saved. Pray that simple prayer. A prayer of faith. And the Bible says Jesus walks into your life saves you and transform you for His glory. Would you bow with me and pray? Take courage. Get up. He is calling you. Father, thank you for these rich and comforting words. Words of truth. Words of light in the midst of darkness. Words of liberation and deliverance that in the name of Jesus, we might be saved. So this day, Lord, even as we come in prayer, would you open our hearts to receive Jesus into our lives? And as we receive Him by a simple prayer, Lord, forgive my sins, come into my life, save me, change me. Would you help us not just to come to Jesus for our deliverance, but also to come and remain in Him in our discipleship. Help us to arise up in great faith that the Son of the living God has come to redeem our life so that there is a purpose for living and living for Jesus. Help us in this journey, a redemptive journey, a redemptive discipleship, an adventure of faith with Jesus. For we pray all this in His precious name. Amen.
Well, thank you, Pastor Edmund Chan, for the sermon this morning. Well, we have two reflection questions for us. As you take some time between you and your spouse or your family, or just in your CG to discuss these two questions. The first question is this. What do you think is the greatest cause of spiritual blindness? And why? Second question. Of the four lessons we can learn from Bartimaeus, the power of perceptiveness, perseverance, priority, and purpose, which lesson stood out the most for you? And again, why? Shall we raise our hands now as I pray the benediction for us? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the message. We thank you for the things that you have placed upon our hearts. We pray, dear Lord, they will not just be things that are placed in our hearts, but things that will change us things that will change us from the inside out. So Lord, as we move on to our week, this coming week, Lord, will you be with us. Help us to live and walk in a way that is worthy of our calling found in you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord makes His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Have a good week ahead of you and see you next Sunday. We're glad you had spent some time listening to God's Word and we hope that the message has ministered to you. Should you require more assistance, kindly call 6892-6811 or you can visit us at www.cefc.org.sg for more sermon titles. God bless you in your spiritual pilgrimage ahead.